hello and welcome to episode 55 of Penny Red. My name is Daniel Hodges, writer and designer of Victoria and your host. This week inside the Roleplayer Studio, or perhaps not inside the Roleplayer Studio, um, we've got Epidiah Ravishol back. Uh, you may recognise him from episode 43. How's it going, Epidiah? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing just fine. It's been a bit of a busy morning running around uh, here and there, <laughs> but uh, you haven't come as far as you have. You've come all the way from... Uh, it was uh, Chelmsford, uh, Massachusetts. I was there at uh, Intercon M, which is a uh, LARP convention that takes place every year out there. Right. Uh, a fairly big one. I mean, uh, they're on M. They do the alphabet. So oh, right. uh, I don't know. Was that like 12? Somewhere uh, in there. Yeah, N's 13, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what's so, it, is it primarily... Um, any particular type of, of LARP, like it's like Camarilla LARP or it's uh, or Norwegian LARP? Or... Well, yeah, actually, it's it's really interesting because um, it is uh, – so it's been around for about 12 years or so. And uh, they – apparently, I just found this out this weekend. They, they, they When they started, it was all weekend-long LARPs. Like they were – you would oh, sign up. Oh, that sounds you, like hell. I mean, that sounds yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you would sign up and you would you would play in the same LARP from Friday to Sunday, right? Oh, like, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. they would have a few of them concurrent, or that's my understanding of it. Oh, but my, now, yeah, now each LARP is about four hours long. It's you right. know your yes. typical onslaught. Yes, and it's interesting because of the changes in in format like um i'm not uh a giant uh larp fan but uh my wife is is a, is a uh emily care boss is a is a much bigger fan mm. um and because of uh my relationship with her i've been exposed to a lot of the stuff like I, I went out <laughs> to last year we went out to um finland and uh denmark to play in some of the festival and uh I'm not going to be able to pronounce the other one, but the, the it's um, go on, give it a shot. We need a laugh. Okay, it's, well, it's in Finland. It's called Somokota, I think, and then in uh, the other countries, it's something close to Noodlepunk or Knoodlepunk or something like that. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's a it's a convention that's hosted in each of the Nordic countries. Um, like every year the country switches. Right. And so the, the name of the convention is whatever, uh, the, the, the nodal point I think is the English translation of it. And right. so, it, you know, the, that changes, um, and going out there, it was kind of eye opening to see what they were up to because they're doing some crazy stuff in different ways that are like, uh, I would hear these stories about, um, LARPs where they would be like, well, we were expecting maybe 200 people and a um, thousand showed up, you know? That's, <laughs> and, a, that's, I mean, I can't even envisage a LARP with 200 people. I mean, how do they even administer something like that? Well, like, so partly, um, I think this is uh, most of this information I got from talking to uh, a guy from Russia, but it's, it's been a year and it's hard to remember where all of this is, but like a lot of the, the, the culture is that uh, you are responsible for coming. So they'll say like, it's a medieval LARP or it takes place in Constantinople or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you come up with your character and like food and stuff like that is almost entirely based on this internal economy. So 
I may bring a bunch of food to sell because I want to play a, you know, a merchant that's selling right. food, you know? Right. Um, and then there's some, you know, like the, the, you know, you, you you have it for so many, you expect so many and so many more to show up. There's some, I, I see as horror stories. I don't know. Like there's one story about like a local lamb being slaughtered uh, because people, you know, that's what their character would have done. And <laughs> by the way, we're starving, you know, because we didn't have enough food. Right. Uh, so it's the kind of stuff that, that uh, you would need. Uh, I mean, the, the thing that blows my mind every time is I can't imagine it happening in America because we're so litigious. Yes. That, that like, like something like that, it, a little thing would go wrong and there would be such a crackdown on all of it that it would be over right yes. almost before it begins. Right. But I, uh, I guess if you have socialized medicine, you're not so worried about suing someone for your hospital bills. Right, you know? sure. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And and would people um, like? Are you talking about a specific lap that that you were in at uh, Fosterval, or are you talking about oh, a? Um, no, so so that's actually so. Um, the big thing is is that like right now, the American scene is learning about Nordic LARP, um, which has a very uh, ominous tone to it, mm. and um, and there's a huge variety of what falls underneath that. That you know, like it's. I mean, we're talking about an entire, entire many cultures. So like, it's it's not just like there's a lot of fantasy LARPs that take place in the woods, and they're different from how our fantasy LARPs work because they may not have like anybody playing NPCs. Like everyone comes and and they're playing their characters, and what happens is because some character decides that they want to do this. So the, you know, some of them may have less fighting because they're more about negotiating because they don't want to get hurt. You know, mm, yeah, sure. Whereas if you have NPCs, you're like, go attack them, and that'll be fun. Um, but uh, also, uh, that also encompasses some of these more, uh, for lack of a better term, art larps. Right. Uh, which are really, really interesting. And I think what got the foothold here in America where we're starting to think about them and hear about them. And those are like, um, uh, there's one, I'm just, I've heard so many stories. So I'm trying to figure out the best ones to talk about. There's Capo, which is sort of like, um, the Stanford prison experiment, you know? Right. Yep. Uh, and, uh, but this one was sort of like from the, the point Stanford of- prison experiment is um, where they had people, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but they had people that were sort of in charge and people that were the, the prisoners. And even though it wasn't real as the, as the time, and I forget exactly what the time frame was. It was a, was a couple of days or something. They, yeah. the, the guards actually became kind of like real guards and became more and more brutal towards the prisoners who were. Uh, who yeah. Were- yeah. It, it was uh, apparently something that, um, uh, really flipped the, the the guy who did it. It was, it was a psychological experiment. He just, I think, counted them out. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Yes. And, you know, one set was guards and the other set wasn't. And it went downhill so fast, it just terrified him. Like, yes. <laughs> um, And there's that Russian artist lady, like the performance artist. I think she's Russian maybe, but, but her piece of performance art was that she stood, you know, almost but not quite naked in, uh, in, in the middle of, a, of an art gallery or something. And for... And for three hours, you know, like the, the, the admonishment was, you know, do whatever you want to me um, for however much amount of time it was. And she had things around to you, know, like like feathers and, you know, pens and stuff like that. And, and as this 
um, performance went on, people people became more and more brutal with the sort of things that she would do uh, that they would do to her. Um, wow! Until yeah, it's, I forget exactly what her name is, but uh, you guys can uh, if you check it. I think she's a performance artist. Um, in fact, while, while I predict telling the rest of that story, I'll hear a little bit of clacking, and then we can and I'll I'll see if I can get that exact uh, lady. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so Capo was one that they did, I believe, in Denmark that was modeled a little bit like that. It's actually modeled on a Norwegian LARP uh, from earlier. I, I, I mentioned this because this is the, the, the one of the things about the, the Nordic LARP scene is that they're really good at documenting mm-hmm. what they do, um, which is uh, kind of important because LARPs tend to be one off events. Right. Like it's not like a play where uh, you'll go and you'll see different performances and they'll be different in some respects. But but like a LARP, what happens at a LARP one time is not ever guaranteed to happen again. Right. So um, they, they, they're really good at documenting that. And because of that, they start to build an academic culture around it, which is um, very interesting. Uh, anyways, so... Um, the, so they're good at saying, well, this is, this came from this, which came from this, which came from this. Right. And, and, um, but anyways, this particular one, they would have people come and they would do experiment. They would have them in the, for a weekend, um, as prisoners and they yes. would treat them treat them as yes. prisoners. And, yes. and it was to see how the culture amongst the prisoners would go. Right. Right. So, okay. So it wasn't so much about like let's see if the um, the guards will still be jerks or whatever. It, it, but um, it was apparently a very moving experience for everyone involved. It was, uh, and they were really like, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes with something like that, where like before they start doing it, they have workshops so that people know what they're getting into, mm, and yeah, and then when they're done, they have these debriefs that could take all day, or they even sometimes come back to them a week later or two weeks later to make sure everyone's okay. And, you know, they're yeah. really concerned because I mean, you can yeah. hurt yourself psychologically on some of those things. Yeah, yeah. So. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it can get pretty in depth, right? Like you say, you know, that Stanford experiment sort of shows that people do yeah. inha- really do inhabit their, uh, inhabit their roles. You know, so look that lady up and I think her name is, uh, Marina Abramovich. Um, but uh, you can you can check that anyway. That's uh, apparently she's uh, Serbian rather than than, than oh yes uh, Serbian rather than Russian. But anyway, I, I think that was her. In any case, if it's not, then you can uh, if you just look for that <laughs> sort of keywords around artist hurting, getting hurt or something like that. That's uh, that's probably the thing. But yeah, that's that's but that's a real concern, right? Like I don't. That's <clears throat> for myself. Um, I find that that's one thing about LARPs that I don't that I. I wouldn't go so far as to say something that I don't like, but that's not something that I look for in my uh, in my role playing. If that sort of thing sure, comes yeah. out, then that's then that's good. But I'm not that interested in inhabiting. Um, I'm not interested in inhabiting my role quite to the same to the same extent, right. right? And that and so for me, I'd I don't know if I would find that stressful, but I'd find that level of uh, immersion was not. I'd find it first of all. I'd find it exhausting. I'd be like, oh, you know, I can't do this all yeah. all weekend. <laughs> and and second of all, I don't like I say I don't know if that's the sort of thing that I'm that I'm necessarily interested in. But I mean, obviously there are there are an increasing number of people for whom that is a for whom that well, is a good time. 
What, what, what's interesting about it is that so so these are obviously flashy, right? Like because mm. you you hear about that and you're like, what? Mm. And then you you want or the other flashy ones. I think this past weekend they just did, um, or maybe it's coming up, but they did a Battlestar Galactica LARP nice. uh, that uh, took place or will take place on a World War One or two destroyer, right? Like like they just rented the boat. And everybody's inside of it, and it's full, full on, three hundred sixty degree immersion is what they call it. Nice. Um, which means that everywhere you look, no matter what, like everyone's in uniform, everyone yeah. is playing this out. Cool. Um, and like so, these these either spectacular productions like that, or the ones that go into areas that we don't normally associate with fun, you know, or or um, uh, our pastime. Those are the ones that get the headlines, so to right. speak. You know, those are the ones yes. that we first hear about. Um, but they're actually the minority of mm. the the types of LARPs they do there. Uh, but it's it's really interesting, and and it's interesting to see the uh, exchange happening now with American scenes starting to become aware of the the Nordic scenes. There's a there's like a value in um, isolation when it comes to innovating. Yes. Where uh, if groups are constantly uh, in contact with each other, they create kind of a monoculture, and it's really hard to see beyond what your um, traditions are in that monoculture. Yes. So having these, uh, you know, things arise in isolation, and then then getting exposed to them, uh, I think is great. And from a designer's point of view, like I want to see that cycle happen over and over and over again, you know? Mm, right. Because uh, I can't, you know, I want to see what other people are doing that, that I couldn't possibly think of, right? right. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's a thinking outside the box is um, yeah. sort, of, sort of idea. So what's going on for you right now with your, uh, with your creations, Swords Without Master and so forth? Um, well, I'm getting uh, getting some some uh, work done on that. I'm I am uh, not good with saying uh, giving myself deadlines with this particular game, but I, I'm making a lot of really forward motion. Uh, most of the the writing legwork is uh, done or near done, um, and now I just need to start looking at the final product and figuring out. Uh, how I'm going to do uh, art, and this one being such a such a darling of mine <laughs> that it, yeah. like the the art uh, and layout and all that is is uh, a monolithic thing for me to to conceive of. Like I uh, I know the kind of art that I like for it because I grew up with that, right? Like I. Right. I these are the covers to these books that I saw, but like, I don't know, I don't have the money to do that. Um, right. which I guess is what Kickstarter is for, but like, yeah, just talking to artists and saying, Hey, can you do this? And, and then being able to convey to them what I mean by this, like, yes. <laughs> that's, that's a really, that's a, that's the most difficult thing. I was extremely fortunate when I put together a Victoria, because there was an artist by the name of Vin Ganapathy. Um, mm-hmm. Motivation is necessary is the name of his uh, blog. So if anybody that has Victoria wants to see some more of his work, um, you can look inside the cover for the for the address on that. But but just and I spoke to a couple of other artists, but um, he got it straight. Like the the ideas in my head that I couldn't 
put on paper, he was able to somehow pluck from my very scrambled descriptions of what I wanted and turn them into the basically the images that were inside my head, but I didn't know were there, right? So that's, you know, that's, that's probably... That's magical. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's really, that really gave me a lot of impetus. I know for myself, having some drawings around, I find it's really helpful for me visualizing what the final thing will look like. And so if I can visualize what the final thing will look like, then I feel like it's only a number of steps until I, I get there. But that art for me is so important. I actually like to get it um, as early as possible because I find that sort of really fuels my, my writing. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you a little bit the opposite? You like to get the words down first and then find the pictures? Well, um, I mean, I definitely have uh, an advantage here where there is a whole slew of pre-existing pulp fantasy art that I, you know, like the, the, my background on my desktop, my computer is just that stuff over right. and over again, you know, it just changes. So like, that's very helpful for me. Uh, but like, that's not obviously not what I'm going to end up using in, in my, uh, final product. Um, so, but I, I found some artists that, that I think I'm, I'm definitely going to work with, uh, that like talking to them, uh, I, I know right away that they know what I'm talking about. Uh, right which is, um, and fortunately I've met all of them face to face. And that, I think that's what's been my problem in the past is I've been trying to communicate via email and I don't have the background that makes that possible for me. So right. I, I have to stand in front of them and show them my enthusiasm and what my enthusiasm is for and see them respond and see what they're enthusiastic for, you know, like, I'm, uh, but so that's been helpful. And, and, uh, is getting me going in the right direction. So yeah, and and also uh, layout work. Do you do the layout work yourself? Uh, I can. I mean, I have the. Uh, I'm. I don't really have a background in layout, but I have uh, the Adobe stuff, and and I've done some of the layout stuff, um, particularly for like the like the freebie online. I did that, and right. um, and I learn a thousand lessons every time I do it. Yes, uh, but. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it with this one because, uh, again, like, uh, I want to make sure it's good and not just, uh, the best I can do yes. in a category where I'm not particularly good, <laughs> you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah no, I, I understand. It's hard to, um, that's the, I mean, I don't, I don't know if unfortunate is quite the right word, but oftentimes what you can get down in words is it, it gets to be almost dwarfed by the importance of the other things that go into it, which really aren't. That, that if they weren't there and you took the trouble to, to read it, you would get exactly the same experience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, we're conveying a, an interest. So this, this gets into like one of those uh, categories. Like, so we're trying to convey technical details, right? We're trying right. to say, do this step by step or whatever, mm-hmm. but we're also trying to inspire them. Like, yes. it, you, you can't hand them a technical manual like like something you would get if you just bought a TV and expect them yeah, everybody to be all yeah I'll play that yeah for sure uh, so you got to also be entertaining and yeah absolutely absolutely and that, that's kind of what I mean you know like you you are so like the the written word um, is 
And like I, I feel as it gets closer and closer to the end of the project, my contribution feels less and less significant in the overall right. in the overall performance of the of the product. Let's not be shy about it, right? So it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's hard to that. That's why I like to have the art to start with. So I feel kind of like I'm part of that, not you know, like I've got this thing and now somebody else can make it so that people want it, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> so um. One of the things you've been doing over the last little bit here is you've got sort of a, I wouldn't go so far as to say a daily riddle, but a, a, a semi-regular uh, riddle. And I wanted to, to touch on, on one of those, which was um, which is a particular interest uh, to me. And that one was the, uh, um, well, I'll let, you, I'll let you set it up there. Oh, so um, the, the riddle of the day. So that started I, I, uh, one Sunday, it occurred to me, uh, that I thought uh, Jim Rockford from the Rockford Files uh, would be the perfect friend to have if you were in like the worst kind of trouble you can possibly imagine. Right. Uh, so I set it up as a riddle. I said, uh, or not a riddle. Riddle is probably the wrong word for what I'm doing here, but I, I use it anyways. Um, and, I, and I asked this question about uh, what would you do if you're in trouble? And I tried to think of an example of the kind of trouble you would be. And I meant it just as an example, but everyone took it really literally that <laughs> that the president was going to kill you with a drone. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, what fictional character would you want as an ally? Right. And, uh, uh, and people responded. There was a lot of really, really good responses to that one. So uh, the next day I realized I wanted to ask another question along those lines. So I, be- I made it a riddle of the day kind of right. thing. Right. Um, and, and one of my favorites of that first week um, was this, uh, I had asked, um, like I, I actually have it right in front of me, so I'll just read it straight up hey, here. It's, yeah, it's, uh, t- to help deal with the chronic underfunding problem, NASA has turned to crowdsourcing. Due to some ill-conceived stretch goals, you find yourself commissioned as the world's first starship captain. You may choose any single starship from TV, film, or comics, or fiction to command, but NASA will only pay for one more crew member, your first mate, who may also be from TV, films, comics, or fiction. What starship do you choose, and who's your first mate, bearing in mind that NASA will only approve someone who already has some space travel experience on their resume? And uh, what I love about this is that this is... uh, one of those little daydreamy games I play with myself all the time. Well, play right. with Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, like I have, I have a book. Um, it's like the user's manual to the Millennium Falcon. Right. Yeah, it's like a Heinz manual, right? Like those ones yeah, they used to have yeah. for cars, but yeah, well, for the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So, so that's the newer one that's out, and I don't actually have that one. Right. I want. I actually want to get that one, which is weird because I'm not that big of. Anyways, it, it there's something about those. Like, I don't buy up every Star Wars thing I see, but I see something like that where it's like this is how your fictional starship is going to work, and I could right. just spend hours just pouring through that thinking about this this spaceship right um and so uh i got a lot of like 63 responses on that one um and uh it was great to see the different uh i mean obviously a lot of these people these are a lot of these people are my friends on the on the internet so like their personalities come through in their answers well i mean that's that's part of the fun too right like just to see what sort of sort of things uh what sort of things are going on and inside people here it's not quite what's like a rorschach test kind of for for you know for your friends along along uh certain lines but um the other thing about it is that there's actually a correct answer right 
Well, yes. So, and actually, that's what I was going to say is like, I had. Uh, don't give it away yet. <laughs> oh, yes. I won't. But well, what I was going to say about the correct answer, that, that became like, oftentimes I have an answer to these when I write them. Right. Uh, and, and like the next day, I will tell them what the correct answer was with no explanation and no, no excuses. Yes. Right. It's just, you're wrong. This is what it was. Right. Um, it, uh, but for this one, this was the first one that made me pause. Right. <laughs> like in all the other ones, I'm like, nope, I still have the best answer. Right. Uh, sure. But some of these answers, I was like, ooh, I might be wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> And if you want to check out some more of these uh, riddles or, in fact, participate in any in future, if you just put an Epidia, E-P-I-D-I-A-H, into your Google+, Plus, because um, that's where all the cool kids hang out, um, yeah. you will – he's the only Epidia on there, I think, possibly the yeah. only Epidia in the world or at least the only Epidia that uh, is uh, on the internet. There may be some <laughs> Amish, perhaps, or uh, yes. <laughs> or Mennonite people, perhaps, that have that name, but um, – you uh, yeah, you just put an epidire and, and you can and you can take a look. See, this particular one is from uh, well, beginning on February the thirteenth, but finishing, right. I suspect, probably on uh, a, a day or so um, following for those that came late to the party. Um, so anyway, so the first one is from uh, Robert Boll, who was a previous guest actually on this show. I forget exactly what um, episode you were there, Robert, but um, anyway, so he was uh, the TARDIS and Martha Jones. So I guess everybody knows the TARDIS. So- yeah, so yeah, well, the TARDIS is is a good answer, and I actually expected a lot of TARDIS answers because you know if if you're given the option of a, of a spacecraft, hmm. uh, and then you're like, well, I'll just roll a time machine into that. Why not, right? Yes, like that's, of course. <laughs> um, but, Guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is a that is an unreliable machine. The TARDIS. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, and which is the reason why I personally rejected. Though I like again, like I said, this is a game I often play with myself, and I also have a TARDIS owner's manual around here somewhere. Right. <laughs> so, um, and uh, so yeah, I expected a lot of the TARDIS ones, but then this is this is where, and I know Rob um, uh, will just roll his eyes at me, but this is this is where Rob and I differ. Is that nothing from the new Doctor Who's nothing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm drawing the line. Right. I won't. I won't accept any answer that includes something from Doctor Who past uh, Sylvester McCoy. Would you uh, accept? Um, would you accept the the one-off uh, telly movie? Um, no, no, Paul oh, no, not allowed either. Um, you know, I I don't mind him, but that movie was so bad, and it and was. it was so. It was disappointing as what it was, right? Like it was kind of like <laughs> yes. I'm really hoping that this is gonna that this is gonna go. I mean, I, I guess it's an important sort of stepping stone um, along the way in terms of uh, it wasn't that long after. Like it kept it in the public mind just enough for the for the next series to go. But um, but yeah, I'm the same as you. I, I sort of draw a line in the sand after um, Sylvester McCoy. I'm not quite so everything afterwards is, is not good. But I have seen so much less of the new Doctor Who than I have of the old. Doctor Who, I'm always I, not qualified to comment. I, I will say that, like when when they started the new Doctor Who, and they had Eccleston, and I was a little worried because you know he's running around in a leather jacket, and I'm like, what is this hip Doctor? Right. You know, like, um, <laughs> Doctor Who but, can't be cool. Yeah, but but I enjoyed it, and and I was like, the, you know, that that theme song would come on, and I would get the goosebumps, mm. and and everything like that. And there were certain episodes, like Blink. Everyone knows about Blink. Um, with the uh, the first time the weeping angels show up and right. uh, and I like I was starting to lose a little faith in the new Doctor Who and I saw that episode and I was like wow that felt 
like an old Doctor Who mm. episode, you know, yes. but but tighter, you know, because like, I mean, that's part of uh, the problem with updating Doctor Who is that it was it it was meant to drag on like, you know, like the, the older ones kind of stretch themselves out over episodes. Um, but, uh, I didn't mind that. You know, I'm a little, I could be leisurely with my older television. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, blink, I realized a, a little bit later that it was not only my favorite of the new doctor who episodes, but it's also the one with the doctor least in it. Right. right. <laughs> it is, it is, um, and I just kind of, I, I just got worn down by uh, this doctor giving this speech about, you want to do this evil thing, but you won't be able to. You know why? Because I'm the doctor. And I'm right. like the first few times that, that he did that, I was with him because, you know, uh, Moffat and uh, Russell T. Davies, they're Doctor Who fans first. Mm. And then they became the creators. And I'm, you know, like I feel that enthusiasm. I'm like, mm. yes. But it really starts to feel like fanfic after a while. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, sure. So, um, but not to keep complaining about Doctor Who and then making the whole world hate me because of this. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, the thing I learned is that the new Doctor Who, like, I don't I don't hate the new Doctor Who so much as, like, it's not my Doctor. Now It's time to pass that on to other people. Right, the, sure. The Doctor doesn't just belong to me, so he can be a different hero for different people. Sure. Uh, and it's just, I, I had my Doctor, and I had a good long run of yeah. my Doctor. and right. so. Who was your I Doctor? I did I ask well, that for you previously? I can't. I don't think I did. I, I, I do like the, uh, I, I'm... I'm of when I say that I mean all of the previous like up sure. to yeah. like, right. like I do have some favorites in there but like one of my favorites in uh, is Colin Baker which puts me in the extreme minority in that mm, case mm. but I just love how nasty he was yes yes I think I think we do talk about that like that uh, your your belief was that he was actually evil yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and um. That was, I mean, that was good. Like the first doctor being so cranky and so much, almost a foil to his companions, you know, and, yes. and that coming back every so often. And I, I liked how each of them was the different ways that each of them were imperfect. Uh, and, yes. and that is the thing that has disappeared from uh, the right. series. It, right. And that's kind of almost the, um, uh, the cookie cutter difference between an English hero and an American hero, right? Yeah. The, the, the well, English heroes are more complex, I think, in some respects, more fallible. Yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, it, I mean, it's a broad, sweeping generalization, of course. And, but why it's not? Kind. Let's go with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I would say that. Uh, but uh, so going back to this riddle here. Mm, yeah, so the, he, he's chosen the TARDIS in Martha Jones. Yeah, well, so the first the first answer of the of these that um, that made me stumble in what my correct answer was stumble. I'm still sticking by my correct sure, answer. Of course, What's if correct, I were right? if I if I were a younger man, I would have sure. gone with this one. But Meg Meg Baker um, uh, suggested as a first mate uh, Colonel Wilma Deering, and I was like, right? Oh wow, um, yeah, that was like so. Uh, the the old Buck Rogers TV show with uh, right. Aaron Gray as that was in my formative years. Mm. That was my my salad days when I was a young lad, and yes. uh, may have been my first celebrity crush. Right, right, right. So that one I was like, 
Uh, that was a and and we've my wife and I have gone back and uh, watched a few of the early Buck Rogers and uh, at least in the the early episode, like I, said, I haven't seen watched all of the early Buck right, Rogers. Right. Um, her character still kind of stands out. There's a, there's a uh, there's a thing about her that um, you, you believe that she could be this colonel right. uh, in charge of the defense of all of Earth. Right. Um, except that also she goes on every mission. That's that right. is always the the sci-fi problem. Did she uh, did she have helmet hair? I can't remember. She I, like her um, hair was like a helmet, like it was permed. Am I no, no, the right lady. Not in the beginning. Um, that may have happened later. Like uh, I'm, the thing that's probably most memorable about her appearance is the sort of the skin tightness of the outfits that they wore, which is the, right. Okay, yes, I, no, I, yes. was her. Right. Um, yes. Yeah. I think I. Uh, I think I remember um, now. I don't. I, all I remember was that there was an annoying dog on it, and was there something that said "Twiggy, Twiggy, Twiggy" on it? Yeah, as well? yeah, yeah. That was the um, the, the uh, yeah. There was a. There was a. It was like the R2 problem, right? So you yes. have a robot that uh, is able to communicate, but just not to. Well, actually, Twiggy was the robot, but he would go bitty, bitty, bitty or something oh, like that. Oh, God. And, and he wasn't, he could still say a phrase or two right. in English, but most of the time he would just say this bitty, bitty, bitty thing, and that would communicate something to the computer he wore around his chest. Which oh, was yeah. Doctor Theophilus or something yes, like? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember now. Yeah. 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 The show. The show's a little ridiculous, but um, mm. <laughs> Wilma Deering would 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 make a competent and and a lovely co-pilot. So right. that was one of the ones where I was like, oh, that's definitely uh, uh, caught me up, and I was like, ah, should I change my mind here? <clears throat> But no, I'm right, goddammit. Um, yes, I am right. Uh, <laughs> it's my riddle and I shall be right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm just looking through the list. Like, I got Jason Morningstar picked a couple of obscure things uh, and linked to them. It's like he was creating some kind of 70s hellscape in space or something. <laughs> how how was, out of character. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's some lovely, lovely answers. There was Moya people brought up from um, uh, uh, Farscape, right? Right. Uh, which was another another good choice. But I, I had to rule Moya out personally because you would have to become symbiotic with the ship, like right. the, in that in the pilot uh, for that show was just. Uh, connected to the ship physically and, and right. you know biochemically and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I don't. There'd be no table tennis between space jumps or anything there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, like I don't. I, I'm not going to judge if that's your life and that's what you want. That's good. I'm I, just to me, it, it it would freak me out just a little bit. I think mm. I, like a little independence from my ship, but having a living ship. Uh, it was is very neat. Um, uh, in fact, One of the, the things I was surprised about uh, about the list here is I didn't see the Enterprise show up, or maybe I, maybe it was there and I missed it. But uh, you know what? I don't think I did either. And that uh, you know, I, at first, you know, I would say, oh, that's because of of, of the size, right? Or yeah, you know, sure. like, um, because if it's just 
if you unless you're you you out of pocket are paying for the cleaning staff. Sure. Uh, you know, NASA's not going to cover it. That wasn't part of the um, <laughs> Kickstarter. That's right. Yeah, your jobs will include flying the spaceship and cleaning the bathrooms. Right, right, exactly. Um, but the uh, that that doesn't make any sense because there's people on here with like the Battlestar Galactica and um, you know bigger ships. Mm. Like there's a Star Destroyer. Like yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a big that's a big ship oh, no. for. Uh, I'm sorry, I take it back. It's not a star. It's a super star destroyer. That's right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's exactly not just a star destroyer. No, Epidaya. We want no. something bigger than that. Yeah. Did, did they name the actual? Did they name the actual one? No, was, no, no. Was this it? is a, Alex Mayo just said uh, the star destroyer, and then Riddick as the 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 um, your first mate, and Riddick is a good choice. Um, uh, a very obviously a very capable man, right? Uh, from from Pitch Black and and then the Chronicles of Riddick, uh, um, but I, I believe he gets he has a he has a knack for getting his companions killed. Like I think you might be on a death trip there. I think that that I would be a little little suspicious, uh, superstitious about going with Riddick. I think <clears throat> one of the ones that I was a little bit. Maybe I don't know enough about uh, stuff, but um, Jared Sorensen said the carrier um, from the Authority comics and Joan from Mad Men. Um, does Joan from Mad Men have? Was she like a, an astronaut or something like that? Is that well? Um, so it's Jared Sorensen, um, and uh, he's the exception to every rule. Uh, right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to look where. Uh, I think he's later on makes a crack about that. And, uh, oh, yeah, he said that he's examined her resume and she has all the experience he requires. So. <laughs> oh, right. So uh, oh, well, I, yeah. you'll probably have to pay her salary out of pocket, I'm guessing. Right, right, right. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the thing that uh, I've enjoyed about these. Like, I've, I've tried to put, like, certain constraints on it because it, a lot of these questions are really open-ended if you let people just yes. go anywhere. But it's also fun to see where people ignore the constraints. Right, right. Where, where they're like, no, 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 I'm just going to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's interesting what you said, but I'm going to talk about something completely different right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I've got a thought in my head. So tell us, what was the correct answer and why? Oh, so the um, the correct answer was the Millennium Falcon, um, because it's the Millennium Falcon. Well, I mean, course. honestly. Sure. Uh, it's it's a reliable spacecraft, a very, vaguely reliable. That, that, right, that, sure. I will give people that, that I could break down somewhere, but it goes faster in light, which is nice um, because the first thing I'd want to do is go to, you know, an extra solar planet or something mm-hmm. like sure. that. Um, make me make the Kessler run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not immediately threatening as, as in case I do in fact run into another um, intelligent species. It won't, it doesn't look like a giant weapon or right. or a, sure. or um, a frigate of some sort. Sure. Um, it's also, uh, I think, uh, manageable by two people. Like uh, the reason why I left, I didn't go with Serenity, uh, you know, from Firefly. Yes. Um, instead of is that it was very hard to tell in Firefly if they were actually going from outside of the solar system or going from moons within one. I wasn't, uh, maybe somebody who knows the, the universe better. I just assumed the millennium Falcon was faster. Right. Um, sure. 
uh, and then and then uh, the the co-pilot I chose was uh, uh, Carl Sagan, right? Which um, and mainly because uh, I mean, if I'm going to travel to the stars, uh, I'm doing it out of pure wonder, and mm, and you right. know, and. That uh, I think he would be the best way to underscore that, and it was interesting because um, somebody actually had Carl Sagan's ship. All right, listed like so from the the Cosmos series. Yes, he has this um, ship. He goes, imagine a starship, and and it looks. Uh, and I, I'm like, oh, that I hadn't thought of the ship itself, and. That actually would have been a really fun answer, mm. um, but but I stuck by to my guns on this one. So that was uh, that was, uh, but it was it, it was a lot of fun. I like and a lot of um, interesting little like somebody mentioned the Liberator from Blake Seven. Yes, yeah, which, which I love. Uh, uh, the Heart of Gold shows up. Uh, yes, uh, I'm guilty. I'm guilty on the Heart of Gold. My I chose I chose Nemesis. Um, which is a, which is the warlock from uh, from 2000 AD to be the um, see my my co-pilot because I kind of got a two for with him because he's a wizard right so he's going to be able to make tasty stuff and he's going to be able to take care of the cleaning and all that sort of thing so excellent excellent <laughs> so that was it yes and I mean I honest I will be honest that I if I wanted to pick if I if I really thought it through uh, I would I would really need a co-pilot who could repair the Millennium Falcon. And right. maybe do a little bit of maintenance. That's so. right. <laughs> That's right. You allowed robots, though. I mean, could you could you have taken a robot with you? See, you know, when when I think about it myself, I often think that like I would get the Millennium Falcon, but only if it came with R two and three PO. Right. Right. Like the R two because he could repair things. Three PO because he could tell me what R two is saying, and also probably what anybody else we encounter yes. is saying. That's right. Here's a protocol droid, after all. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He's fluent in however many thousand languages I forget what the line of the uh, of the film is there um, but yeah so if you were interested in um, in those uh, the riddle of the of the the semi day or the, the every other day um, then Epidia on uh, on G plus you can check out a whole bunch of them there's, there's what are some other ones you've got there you've got there was a um, you've got one about uh, werewolves right like of uh, oh right like a, um, if you're camping in a werewolf apocalypse because nobody thinks of a werewolf no that's right uh, but you know, rips through all of society. Who who would you have with you? I actually learned a lesson on that one because right. uh, I said you would have. Imagine you had all your friends and family that you you know, so you don't have to pick them. Sure. Who who are the three people that were perfect to have on that camping trip when the werewolf apocalypse happened? Right. And and uh, for my answer, I chose a uh, uh, celebrity survivalist. Because I, I would want a survivalist, and I happen to know his name. Right. Um, and then I just looked up uh, uh, somebody who uh, I was just looking for silversmiths in the like right, in the, right. the area yep. on the internet, and right. I found this this woman who was not only a silversmith, but like on her webpage, she talks about how she likes to go camping and all that. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, good, we're good. That's and then um, and then I, I uh, chose uh, what's his name. The dog whisperer, Caesar. Oh, Milan. Caesar Milan. Yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah. And and uh, Joe Beeson uh, schooled me on that in in uh, 
in the thread because or in the later thread because of the, apparently Caesar Milan is a controversial figure and apparently but, so yeah. But that makes him even better because he he, he would then attempt to to uh, uh, make the the werewolves behave and then would be consumed by them. That's right. Instead yeah. of us. That's <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well played. And speaking of uh, of apocalypses, um, I'm going to play a little clip for you now. I'm going to get your impression, and we can uh, we can talk about okay. it. So there's going to be a little bit of uh, banging, crashing here, audience, as I as I fiddle around with the uh, the microphone and so forth. But uh, uh, bear with me. measures uh, for to deal with the possibility of an invasion of zombies. Now, I don't need to tell you, uh, Mr. Speaker, that zombies don't recognize borders and that a zombie invasion in the United States could easily turn into a continent-wide pandemic uh, if it's not contained. So on behalf of concerned Canadians everywhere, Mr. Speaker, I want to ask the Minister of Foreign Affairs, is he working with his American counterparts to develop an international zombie strategy so that a zombie invasion does not turn into a zombie apocalypse? The Honourable Minister of Foreign Affairs. Mr. Speaker, I want to assure this member and all Canadians that I am dedicated to ensuring that this never happens. I want to say categorically to this member and through him to all Canadians that under the leadership of this Prime Minister, Canada will never become a safe haven for zombies ever. So there you go. That's the, uh, that's the uh, Canadian Parliament debating um, debating zombies. Now that was uh, on uh, G plus and about the place as a couple of weeks ago a couple of weeks ago now but having mentioned werewolf apocalypses, um, I'm wondering if uh, by definition now um, zombie apocalypses have uh, jumped the shark now that uh, they're being discussed by politicians in Parliament. I, you know um, I, 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 yeah <laughs> so uh, I, I have a in, in the works I have a, a zombie um post-zombie apocalypse game uh that focuses on on uh stuff like like sort of like like this because the stuff that i loved about the old zombie ones is not so much the um the dead have risen and they're eating people i mean that's all groovy and stuff but but like the uh like the romero ones the the sort of Things are dangerous when there are zombies around, but things are more dangerous when there are humans around. Yes, yeah, right? that whole and, that whole the road thing, right? Like that's the yeah, that's the interesting yeah. piece. That, see, uh, people often say, "Well, I don't." I mean, often it's not like people are just stopping me in the street and talking to me. Hey, Daniel Hodges of yeah, yeah. Uh, Victoria <laughs> Role Playing Game fame, tell me what would you do in the zombie apocalypse? Um, but I, whenever I think of the zombie apocalypse, my mind never goes to what am I going to do with the zombies. I'm like, right. how am I going to make sure there's water to drink and food to eat and what are other people going to be doing when it's lawless and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, and, and that's... Um, so the game that I'm working on, uh, Day of the Call, is a GM-less game. And right. uh, as you play it, you, you're just acting out these sort of survivors that... Um, and you roll uh, dice occasionally to find out uh, 
your ever ever worsening condition, right? Like, mm. oh, now there's more zombies, or this, there's this, and and what I'm concerned about uh, in that game, uh, and what I think, like, I mean, uh, like the Walking Dead TV show is really popular, and I think that people don't turn into that show uh, necessarily to see the dead. No, um, that's exactly it. That's exactly where I was uh, where I was going with this. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah, they, they they're they're there to see the the society that that's coming out of it right mm. like like what it's becoming and uh, uh i'm really interested in that sort of thing like you in that show in particular there's moments where i'm like mm, this guy is in charge because they let him be in charge you know like or uh the, there was like um i don't want to give away any spoilers so i can't really talk about too much but like you know there's a guy who's got some land and they respect the fact that he owns the land and it's like right. every single thing that made it okay for him to own land does not exist anymore yes like like you you're in a brand new world and you're still clutching to this old world mentality uh why and i don't say that as like that's unrealistic. I actually think that is realistic. I think that's interesting. You know, like this, mm. this, this way that people hold on to that's like, right. something to, to, to avoid complete change. That's uh, right. Yeah. That sort of, that unwillingness to give up vestiges of a previous life. If you give all of those things up, then you're um, acquiescing to the fact that, that, like you say, that everything is different and nothing is the same and nothing is, is concrete. You hang on to these, um, these little rituals and routines that are now mm-hmm. meaningless, right? Yeah, like in in the show, at least um, in the early season. Uh, like I haven't seen the latest season because I have to wait for Netflix. But um, in the early season, the, the, like the women were doing the laundry, and that was an, a, a thing on the show. Like they bring that up. That that, mm. um, and it's a when uh, one of the women decides that she's she wants the you know the jobs of watching out for the zombies and the more the jobs that they were assigning to men when she did that that caused some stress mm. with not just the men but the women you know and um that's interesting like you know uh this uh because it, there's no reason why it should be the way that they have it divided up except that that's what they're going to do and uh that, that's what they've decided to do and so, like, I, um, and there's a bigger question there for me too, which is why do they care about clean clothes? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a very good question. Because I mean, that's, I was, that's that, like, hanging on to that sort of societal thing that you can't, that you shouldn't yeah, yeah. be smelly going about the place, right? But I mean, what's the what actual um, evolutionary advantage is there, and not? Being smelled. I mean, you could say so that lions don't eat you, but it's really not a problem. You've got to worry about zombies eating you, and they're relying <laughs> sort of on on eyesight more than they are on on a sense of smell, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So there's all those things, and and those are the questions that like uh, I want to address in this game by not addressing it and letting other people do it. Like uh, the game yes. prevents prevents you from knowing everything in the beginning by not having an actual answer yes uh and then it parses out your ability to answer certain questions as you go along so you can better you know like well how are the zombies finding out where we are i mean if they're if they're dead it's weird that they're walking but it's also weird that they're able to see us Mm. uh are they able to see us and are we able to hide from them if we figure out how they're actually you know detecting us and that sort of stuff but also like 
I wanted to get into the, uh, you know, you run across a bunch of other survivors and there's that yes. moment like, okay, are we all, have you seen the movie Stakeland? I, I haven't seen the movie Stakeland, but if it's, but if it's along the same lines, um, there's also a TV show called the colony. I don't know if you, if, if you saw oh. that where they sort of abandoned, they, they abandoned people and they gave them some, some stuff, but that was basically be a, you know, post-apocalyptic world. Uh, they didn't define the nature of the apocalypse, although there were no zombies running around and they had to kind of make do. This is that's the um, the reality show, right? Like it, it was like yes. a survivor kind of thing. That's right, yeah, and that's kind of yeah. and that brought out a lot of those a lot of those same ideas that you're talking about. Those really interesting, you know, relationships and what do we have to do and what's important and what's actually not important. You know, the, the, there's a thing about that show that I thought was like so they have experts, right? I, I, I've seen a few episodes of the show and mm-hmm. they, they have these the experts on um, talking about. Uh, uh, how humans react to these conditions, right? So they have like a psychiatrist and a doctor, and a, yes. um, and and they're interesting themselves. Like I think that that's actually uh, a very compelling thing to have on a show like that, where you'd be like, well, in this sort of stressful situation, this is how um, somebody's you know thought process starts to break down, right. or this you know that kind of thing. Right. Um, or if you don't get enough of this nutrients, you start thinking wrong. And that's right. Yeah. That causes you problems uh, down the line, but then they would have the 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 uh, I can't I can't remember what they call them, but the you know this sort of like it was essentially their apocalypse expert, you know, the guy who knows the most. And you know, I don't know what the guy's credentials are, but they seem <laughs> they seem to be that he watched Road Warrior a bunch, you know, like because he's like, yeah. well. In a post-apocalyptic situation like this, you're going to get marauders, and and it's like maybe, but you might like yes. like there's two ways that two stories we know about this. Like we've seen near apocalypse things happen to at least to communities, you know, yes. like tidal waves and things like that. Yep. Yep. And yeah, the, like there's some people that go rioting or stealing or uh, I'm missing the right word here, looting, looting, looting. right. Sure. And, um, but then there's like, there's these wonderful stories of everyone pitching in and helping out and, you know, and, and so like the the idea that, well, if there's an apocalypse, you're going to get a motorcycle gang, you know, dressed in leathers, (laughs) banging on your door for the hell of it. I did find that weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was this sort of bizarre assumption that, uh, but yeah, um, uh, the, the, what, the thing that gets me about reality shows, I, I, due to the specifics of my day job, I have to watch a lot of reality shows. I won't go into too much detail there. But um, camera angles, just always pay attention to camera angles when you watch reality shows and realize that there's a cameraman there. Like, <laughs> like uh, so often the way people react and do things. There's like almost twice as many people there than, than what you see on screen. Right. And, and all, most of those are well-fed, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I want a reality show about the making of a reality show like this. Where, where you oh, you're the, getting a bit meta now. Yeah. Well, we, you know, you have the, the contestants that are sitting there uh, that are being deprived of food. 
They have right. to go and, and loot it or find it or uh, hunt it down or whatever. Yes. And then, you you know, you have the craft services truck for the, <laughs> you it's know, right. for, yeah, the, yeah. For, for, for the, the cameraman. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. like, uh, one of my favorites is that a lot of, uh, there was this home remodeling show um, where they would surprise the family. They would show up at the family's door and be like, ah, surprise, we're going to remodel your home. Yes. And like they go ring the doorbell and the very next camera angle is from inside the house yes. watching the family answer the door. That's right. Yeah. And it's like, how can you, did you not notice that person you're living with? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like a lot of those, I'm, I'm like, Whoa, this is so fabricated, so mm. tremendously fabricated. Yeah. And, and um, it requires a suspension of disbelief that, you would think was not necessary for a reality right, show. Right. Like right. I think that I understand that, that the shot looks better um, yeah. when you shoot it from from sort of from that inside. You get that reverse angle, but I think for genuine reaction, because these are not actors for the most part that they're talking. Like why couldn't they just knock on the door and film the person's head? You know, yeah. Like I mean, maybe they could take a package there, you know, like yeah. ahead of time just to check that they're home and then and then shoot that piece. But but yeah, it's. Yeah. <clears throat> We're straying into our reality television here. Oh, right? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, why don't we uh, why don't we tell a story here? I had a thought for a bit that might be uh, fun on the show, and um, right. so what I did was is while uh, while we're doing while I'm just grabbing that uh, grabbing that piece up, what um, one thing that's coming up in a couple of in a few weeks time, a month's time, end of the month is the uh, is the tabletop day. What, what do you know about oh, tabletop yes. day? Well, uh, I mean, uh, I actually don't know much about. It. I, I'm excited about it. This is the the concept is to play in public, right? Um, right. And uh, that's something that I'm always behind. Uh, I, I'd like to get us out of the basement and into the light, mm. uh, as it were, um, and to you know sort of show off, you know, to people that you know this is fun and this is. Uh, I I. It felt like it was a board game thing. Yeah, I um, wasn't sure about that definition because I, I, I thought that the um, I thought that the tabletop was to make a distinction between like computer games right, right, and, right. and not computer games. But then my sister in law today, as I was taking my son off to skiing, we, we got to talking for. A, for a moment, and uh, she said, "Oh, I thought that was board games too." So I wonder if the perception is that it is, it is just board games. But well, I know that there's um, a obviously a lot of uh, game designers are excited to, or would be excited to see their their role playing games done mm. um, in course. public, and and that takes us a little more. Um, like you could play, it, it's a. It's a little socially so. All right, so I have this experience. I'm going to make a confession online, right? Um, we, so the, there is this hushed stones fall over the yes, internet. Yes, <laughs> This is what people are waiting for. Um, so we were uh, a friend of mine, Dave Yance, was in town. Uh, we a bunch of us got together, and he uh, he had not played uh, Swords Without Master, and he was curious about it. And I told him that if we had found the time. I would run it for him. It's an easy, easy pickup game. So, um, and we were just walking and wandering about town. Uh, and there were exactly five of us, which is the maximum number for the game. Mm -hmm. And everyone else was eager to do it. So like, all right, let's find a place. You know, this is a little bit later at night. Um, that's 
quiet. You know, we can't really go into a bar because they tend to be loud. That's right. Uh, so, so we found this um, this restaurant uh, that was uh, it, it was actually probably the perfect restaurant to go to because you know it's all kind of dark and you know mahogany and and mm. uh, it feels like a like a like an old tavern or something, sure. except that like all the posters on the walls were uh, like Art Nouveau sure. uh, or, you know, like these advertising posters from, you know, days gone by, but not so far gone by that they would be uh, era appropriate for. Right. So what you're saying is did wrong. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, we sat down and we pulled out some scraps of paper that we had on hand and I had uh, some dice on hand cause we're, you know, we're gamers. We're, that's the sort of thing. And, uh, the, we just started making, uh, making characters and started playing. And, uh, we were borrowing names from the wine and beer list. Uh, like the, it was, it was great because like they had things like there's like a beer that's like smoke and daggers and, and, you know, things like that. So it was Mm -hmm. all very appropriate. And while we're playing and the group of us were were almost like, we're all game designers. Uh, and, um, we're sitting there and we're playing and the waiter that we had came up to us and asked, you know, are you, are you playing a game? Like what, you know, like. So we had dice on the table and we had paper, but it wasn't like, it, it didn't look, you know, it's not like a board game. It's not like, you know, like, so I, like he obviously was a little clued into the culture, right? Sure. Like yep. he may have played a role playing game in, in the past or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we said, yes. Right. And that's all we said. Right. And then we started playing some more and he would come back and every so often, like, cause he has to check out, he's a waiter, that's his job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. But he kept asking like little questions about it. And I don't know if it was that we were so into the game, but like the responses we gave were these, they weren't mean or anything, but they were just sort of not, the, not the kind of responses that open discussion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, mean, and context appropriate though, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're doing a job. We're doing something yeah. here. Yeah. But it occurred to me that, like, like, oh, we were such bad ambassadors at that time. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, but it's true, right? Like, we we should have I, – I mean, this is my goddamn game. I could have sold them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, oh, for sure. This, I mean, not for sale at the time. But, uh, sure. Uh, but, I, you know, and I, and I, I didn't. I just uh, – it was – and I feel bad about it. Like that was like when the tabletop game thing rolled around, I actually thought about that experience. And I was like, why that's still hanging in my head there. Why am I still thinking? And, and, um, we take a copy of dread and along right. to the restaurant and, uh, give it, <laughs> give it to the, uh, give it to the young gentleman and, uh, say, this is uh, a game that I wrote. I'd like you to uh, have it. Give me a yeah. call anytime and we can uh, hang out and play. That's how you fix it. Epi. That's how that's you, true. that's how you develop a fan base. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> from the from the wealth of experience that I have about doing doing a fan, and when I say I've got a fan base, I've got a fan. And well, that's, in there. that's a base, right there. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. It is a it's, a. it's a small base. It's like a Jenga tower with only the bottom single block in there. <laughs> anyway, so let's uh, let's tell a story. This is the uh, the bit that I have. What I do, what I've done here is. Um, I've uh, got some trending articles here. I was speaking with uh, Jason Morning, so I'm just going to drop a name there, um, a few months ago, and it was uh, 24-hour RPG, um, 24-hour RPG 
uh, time. I forget exactly what the date was. It actually must have been almost maybe it was October. Would it have been? Goodness me, as long ago as that, perhaps. Um, and uh, I said, you know, like I haven't sort of thought uh, really too much about it. And he said, and he went to uh, Twitter unprompt, and he said, here's four words, make a game based on that. And I was like, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and quite by chance, um, it must have been a perfect storm because those four words um, formed the basis of a of a game that I'm actually working on. Well, I've actually got two games that I'm working on right now, but it formed the basis of a game that I was working on, uh, oh, that I am nice. working on. It just everything sort of dropped whole cloth onto the onto the table. I don't know what it, what it was. It was just a perfect storm in my head. But anyway, it just dropped down. That game is is for all intents and purposes um, finished, apart from a bit of polishing and a little bit more um, refining here and there. So that was very satisfying. So Congrats. I thought for the uh, for the for the folks uh, listening at home, we might uh, do a similar thing and maybe we could riff on a few things here. So I brought up the the um, trending topics for Wikipedia because uh, we're clever chaps that like to consider ourselves more interested in things other than, say, for example, um, uh, Snooky or... Uh, actually, I don't even, is Snooky even trending anymore? <laughs> that goes to show how cool I'm not. But anyway, so I thought we might take the... Uh, we might take the, f- the first few things on this uh, on this list here and see if we could uh, figure out some sort of a... some sort of a story we might be able to uh, make an outline for and then perhaps somebody might like to uh, take it from there or not. Maybe we can just uh, see where it goes. But the top... And I, 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 I've no idea why... Um, the number one for the date today is, uh, let me check you, uh, must be March the 2nd. Um, uh, the number one is, in the last 30 days, do you want to guess what it is? Uh, oh. Um, if, you, if you guess, I will be extremely surprised. Well, I would imagine, it would, well, okay, so what, I, I would <clears throat> probably hedge my bets by going something, some current event thing. Uh but I, I can't think of what in the current events. Oh, it's probably some like celebrity thing. Well, it, it is a celebrity. The top one is Brett Michaels. I've, I would not have guessed that. I, I, I don't know why. I, I said Brett Michaels. I actually looked it up earlier on, and I was like, that makes no sense to me. The second thing is Iceland. Oh. The third thing is uh, Stephen Hawking. Um. The fourth right. thing is the fourth thing is Guru, um, and I think Guru was that rapper that was killed on the suns on the on the strip in uh, Las Vegas. Oh right, right, yes, yes. The the and they were yes, yeah. I, I remember that story. <clears throat> and then it's Glee, and then it's uh, Kickass, uh, and then it's uh, Reactive Oxygen Species. Fun with that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Boeing Boeing X thirty seven. Um, number nine goes nicely, I think, with number three. It's Jack Kevorkian. Um, <laughs> and we've got, and last of all, we've got Nick Clegg. I don't know who Nick Clegg is, so I'm going to jump down a jump down a couple, and I'm going to go to Volcano. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, um, see so now, now I'm suddenly worried because, uh, like, if somebody is trending uh, and 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 they're not normally, uh, you know, on the the public mind. I'm worried about Stephen Hawkins health is what I'm worried about. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, and I think justifiably so Um, this is, this is the last 30 days as well. So, um, and he spiked, it looks like a couple of three days ago. So if there was a health scare, I think I can safely say that it's, uh, but anyway, this is www.trendingtopics.org. So you can punch that epi if you like, and the listeners at home can do, uh, can do likewise and keep in mind that yours may be different to ours because this is from, uh, as I say, March the 2nd. Um, although this is going out tomorrow. So if you're right into it, you can, uh, get on top of it. I don't even know what a reactive oxygen species is. I believe I can I'm, click I'm, the link here. And yeah, I'm looking at that chemically reactive molecules containing oxygen. All right. Yeah, no, that's wow. Right. That 
That's interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, For people into, into oxygen. Okay, so um, so are these other people in here? Are they um, are they characters? This is like a story game because we've got four people. I think we've got uh, Brett Michaels, Stephen Hawking, Guru the uh, rapper, and we've got uh, Jack Vorkian. We just skipped over. <laughs> Nick, we skipped over. Sorry, Nick Clegg, if you're listening. I don't I don't know who you are. Um, I, wait, that's. Um, I'm going to click him and find out. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. He's, a, he's a British politician. He's been Deputy Prime Minister of the United Kingdom and Lord President of the Council. Has he done something? I don't even know. It doesn't say that he's done anything. Is this sort of scandal to do with, with him? Or Liberal Democrats Home Affairs Spokesman? No, I don't think Home Affairs Spokesman means anything to... Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm just can't... I don't no, I don't see any reason why Nick Clegg, would be, uh, Nick Clegg would be trending. But maybe we could have five people then. Um, all right. All right, we'll go with five people. Okay, so, so story game, you think? Well, um, we, so we could do, we could do uh, something. Oh, hang on, hang on. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an awesome quote for you. This is about Nick Clegg. In an interview in April 2011, Clegg stated he dealt with the pressures of politi- political office by reading novels late at night, and he cries regularly to music. All right, we're good. Okay, so <laughs> this is good. We want a game that's going to make people cry. Okay, um, sure. All right. Which is good, because we can do this with Jack of Yes, usually. yes, but yes. Yeah, I'm with you now. Absolutely. Uh, um, so we don't, do we have to use all the elements or no, just I think some we can. Them? I think we can use them uh, to be, you know, to be potentially uh, for stories. But I, mean, I, think, I think we should try to keep the main elements to be, to be those, uh, those 10 items or 11 items. We're going to include Nick Clegg, who cries regularly to music. Um, <laughs> So we got cry- well, crying to music goes along with Glee. <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure how to work in the reactive oxygen species in, into this, but perhaps there could be some sort of new uh, euthanasia. Um, I mean, it could be. I mean, like, honestly, I, we all have, no matter what we do with the game, it's the reactive oxygen species is going to be occurring. That's true. That, that <laughs> like is they true. Will, they will be there. That's in, um, inescapable. Do we yes. want to put so perhaps we can put that down on what you will need to play? We can make it yes, like a exactly. like a joke a jokey line where we can have um you know two dice, some pencils, and a sufficient supply of oxygen to sustain the participants. There we go. So, check. Okay, it's number seven checked off. So uh, I mean, like you could do a pretty serious like. I mean, we were talking earlier about Nordic LARP and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and one of the. Um, Things it's not particularly LARP, but one of the Nordic forms of play, the Jeep form, uh, which is uh, deals with real life issues. Like a, the, one of their rules is that there's no dragons, right? Like you're, you're not supposed to be playing any sort of fantasy thing, right? Um, and this, uh, some of their story, although they do bend the rules there a little bit, but some of their stories are. Uh, there, some of their scenarios are, are are about getting that kind of catharsis that you get uh, from dealing with a really horrible subject and then coming through on the other side. Right, and and uh, it seems like you could easily do one uh, dealing with the right to die, and like Stephen Hawking is brilliant, but also he's got this uh, degenerative disease. That's right. Yes. Uh, so you can. Uh, 
work those together fairly uh, perhaps, easily. Well, perhaps what it could be is Stephen Hawking. Maybe this is a sort of a a, um, a dystopian future where, in fact, Stephen Hawking is still alive and his, his head is preserved in a jar, and we have to decide between Brett Michaels, Guru the Rapper, perhaps <laughs> some of the people from Glee, um, Jack Kevorkian, Stranger, who is also still alive, and Nick Clegg as to whose body we're going to put Stephen Hawking's mind into. That was interesting. And in, in that way, it's kind of like a it's like a story game. But between these four people, they have to argue about who it is that's going to have uh, Stephen Hawking's mind put into their body for the uh, for the you, for the sake of you know the future of the, the species. You would have a, 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 a um, like a, a, a kind of a caper about it that. Like maybe uh, one of them has stolen Stephen Hawking's mind and is hiding oh, right. out in Iceland. Oh, oh, Jack Kevorkian is currently dead. I think I remember that actually. Yes, yeah. He died a few years ago. Oh, so. yeah. Well, the, the, um, <laughs> we can move down the list to Theo Van Gogh. We can pretend in this dystopian <laughs> future that Jack Kevorkian has faked his own death and yes. is actually uh, and is actually still alive. And maybe oh. There you go. Jack Kevorkian is actually still alive, and he's like the uh, mastermind behind this. He's actually oh, gone from being pro-euthanasia to being actually <laughs> like eugenics, where he's killing off um, worthless individuals <laughs> and replacing them with – so, yeah, so we've got to decide between – you know, people are playing Brett Michaels, uh, Guru the Rapper, a couple of the people from uh, Glee, and uh, and and Nick Clegg, who cries regularly to uh, music as possible <laughs> vessels for um, for taking uh, Stephen Hawking's body, all controlled by uh, by Jack Hawking, who's flying a Boeing X thirty seven. Anyway, there you go. You've got something to go on. You've got something to go on, um, uh, listeners. And uh, I'm pretty sure I can run this in riffs. I think I can. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So so we'll hope to see that. At the, what's the, what's the um, What's the name going to be for the game? Oh God! Uh, I, I I like the name Reactive Oxygen Species. There you go. Honestly, there you go. Reactive Oxygen Species, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much to my guest Epidia Ravishol. Thank and, you. And until next week, keep talking the walk. Mm-hmm.